Welcome to OKHR Leads, hosted by Tara Crowley and Rob Trotter. We are connecting with HR leaders in our community and hearing their story and what makes them tick. Hi, Rob. Good morning, Tara. How are you? I'm good. We're doing an early morning conversation. I think this is the earliest we've ever talked to anybody. Are you ready? I think it is. I, I'm, I'm doing this from home. I'm looking out the window and I see our neighbor has the trash out. And I'm like, oh, it's trash day. I forgot to take trash out. So, uh, probably at some point during the introduction, you, you might not see my face here or, or something. You're going to duck out for 10 minutes to get your whatever. trash out. It takes me 30 seconds, but uh, <laughs> those trash guys get here early. so. <laughs> yeah, I would be missed at my time at 8.35. The trash would have already been here. Right. So, <laughs> well, okay. So now okay. we know, we got it. This is rule number one of your day, get your trash out. But right. number two, we have an exciting uh, nice segue. Miss um, Brittany Courier. Yeah. And I am, I'm really, I was, I'm like trying to use the right words, but I'm fired up because um, Brittany is one of those persons, young professional, Maybe we shouldn't say it in that way, but emerging professional. But Brittany is an HR consultant, um, among other roles of her business, um, with the People Perspective, which is based out of Tulsa, Oklahoma. And Brittany currently um, volunteers with Tulsa Area Human Resources as, and I think this is still correct, this is what the website says, VP Public Relations. Yes? Yes. Great. Great. And is also a bright, shining star. She was awarded in 2021 the Emerging Leader from OKHR State Conference. And I also think, did you also receive the same award or similar award for Tulsa? Yes, yes. So, I mean, here you go. Award of awards. Ah, my life. Emerging professionals. <laughs> and she, I'm going to get up and talk in a minute, but she, um, I want to know about that of like, how do you become an emerging professional? What makes it so special? But before we get there, I want to hear about your background and what led you to do these things. So I work at the People Perspective, um, which is a HR consulting and outsourcing firm, and we are growing like crazy. So I've got um, different meetings set up today with our clients. Um, I do client success uh, is my role. And so that is what I'm hoping to do every day is to help with the success of our clients. But um, so it should be a busy day. What does that mean, client success? What does that mean for you and what you do, what you do? Yeah, great question. Um, the people perspective, it is a small business. Um, so we wear multiple hats. So it's multiple different layers to it. Um, pretty much anything our clients need. Um, but basically what it is, is I do... One part is business development, so helping grow our clients and then also grow the business internally. And then I also um, do things like HR consulting. So I would lead up projects. I help with project management um, and just making sure that everything that the project needs or if our client is outsourcing us, they have everything that they need to meet their needs and to continue to succeed with whatever their goals are. Mm -hmm. So was your original role to come in there as um, business development and then, yes, yes, and then, and then it kind of grew into, hey, we need some other persons leading some charges of training or organizational or, um, yeah, my role, it's really 
molded and shifted. Um, I've been with the people perspective for two years now and hired on originally for business development and sales and the needs kind of just evolved. So started out that way. And I had a a background in HR, which I know we'll get to my background, but I had about HR. And so I kind of just dove in with a lot of the consulting work. Um, and I helped in project management and the, the project creations as well. And so that led to that path. And then I also do the marketing for the business. So um, running social media accounts and helping just get our name out there um, and let people know what we do because we do a lot of different things. So right. um, trying to spread the word of how we can support in our community. So I'm thinking about, I mean, because people perspective along with other persons who potentially listen to this are, mm-hmm. are, um, development, different groups that you're, you're trying to connect with, but it, you're wearing, you're a small business wearing 50 different hats. I mean, yes. Yeah. I mean, you're looking at me going, mm-hmm, yes. <laughs> so 50 different hats and And I think that is such a great training ground for anybody who's walking into any HR role or any business to understand what it takes to make things go. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what I love about it. I love working in a small business and it can be very challenging um, because you are, you're learning on the go, but I think it has pushed me being an early career person, it has pushed me to develop myself and to look mm-hmm. out for personal development opportunities um, that maybe, you know, if you work in a big corporate, they might have a training and development department, or they may have a path, an exact path that you take. And um, with a small business, we're kind of making it up as we go. And yeah. so whatever needs present, um, that is kind of where we follow. And that is where right. I go. Right. I have a very supportive boss, um, Christy Spathy. Everyone knows Christy, um, but she is my boss and she is super supportive in the professional and personal development of the team. And so it's really fun to kind of just um, being able to be creative in whatever needs arise. Yeah. So you, um, how did the social media part land in your, in your lap? Just because? <laughs> yes. Yeah, so- um, at a previous role that I, or in a previous role that I had at a different company, um, I was in the sales department and the sales oh. and marketing departments worked together um, very closely. And so I got kind of my feet wet with just hearing in hearing those discussions. And it really caught my interest because marketing has a huge impact on the business, especially a small business. And it goes hand in hand with business development. Mm-hmm. Um, I really feel like you can't have business development without marketing and vice versa. They, mm-hmm. They're cohesive. And so I kind of just taught myself and I, I feel very passionate about um, marketing and PR and doing it in a way that can build up a brand. And so I kind of just dove in and and took that under the business development wing and I kind of can get my creative juices flowing on the marketing, which I think is fun. So I don't, that's not really an answer, but that's kind of how I I think it is. Well, well, Brittany, give us some, uh, points and tips, tips and pointers then on, on how to, do marketing and how to grow a business from what from what you've learned wow that is a big question (laughs) (laughs) 
So I think the, the number one thing I've learned is consistency. So I hear a lot of people, they are worried about doing it wrong. And I can tell you from my experience, I think it's less about doing it right or wrong and more about just doing it, um, doing something, putting something out there. And of course, I do think brand consistency and professionalism is super important and making sure it's clean and, and all of those things. But I see so many people get paralyzed of, well, it's not perfect and I don't really know the right way. And you can get kind of bogged down in analysis by paralysis. I hear that a lot. And so I think what I've learned is sometimes you just have to do trial and error, especially I keep saying it in a small business, but I think even in early career, mm -hmm. you're not going to get it right every time. And so just diving in and putting something out there and then being open to feedback, mm -hmm. open to the feedback of your coworkers and other experts in the area um, to say, okay, I need to do it differently. Um, and today with marketing, there are so many ways to track, uh, track kind of the, the data side, mm -hmm. which I think is really fun. And so mm -hmm. if you track those things and then you can kind of make adjustments as you go, right. you know, this getting engagement or this didn't get any views or whatever it is. So I, I am a big proponent of tracking what matters and really getting the metrics to move the ball forward. Yeah. What's your, what's your favorite way of marketing, uh, like on Facebook or is it a video? Is it a picture? Is it Instagram? Are, are you on TikTok? Uh, do you make television commercials? Do you go on radio? What, what is your, is, is you're sitting here playing and exploring and experimenting with all this stuff. When you yeah. have to come up with something, what's what's your like favorite or you go to? So the biggest platforms we're on right now is Facebook and LinkedIn. So I'm most comfortable. That's kind of my comfort zone, is Facebook and LinkedIn. Um, but I would like to get out there. We have done vlogs, which are video blogs. Okay. And I think those are very impactful. Um, those are a little bit more... I don't know if I'd say outside my comfort zone, but what I went back to saying the perfectionist, when you put out a video, I want it to be perfect. And so sometimes I struggle with just putting a video out there because you tend to pick videos apart a little bit more than just a picture or a post. Um, but those are really fun to do. Um, but I think, you know, one of the goals of social media for us is not just to, to, litter a newsfeed with content but we want it to be impactful and we want it to be something that people could take things away from so I think I really like posting articles and blogs that matter to our audience because mm -hmm. people can really learn um, from sharing articles and news and updates especially today in the HR world where laws and regulations change every second so I really like the platform to inform our audience on what's happening and getting engagement in that way, because um, I feel like I can make a difference um, and really help people. I have two questions out of this, and, and it's, I'm going to hop ahead in, in just a second. But the first one is, who knew and who would have told anybody in HR that they needed to be creative? <laughs> I mean, honestly creative and then the marketing part creating advertising because yeah. you know that is 
you're, you're being the brand of the business. And, and I don't feel like that is, like, I mean, I went to school a, a long time ago, but I do not feel like that was ever really communicated. It was just like, here's a job description. This is your posting. You have to find a way to get that in front of people. And yeah, you know, and so. no, Tara, and I'm so glad you brought that up because I do feel like sometimes, especially early career, I've been talking to a lot of um, individuals that have reached out to me that are coming like right out of college. And they're asking me things like, well, I don't know what to do. And what do I apply for? And I feel like it's so easy to pigeonhole yourself or get caught up in, in, in one role mm. or the specifics of like a job description right out of school. And don't get me wrong, a job description and knowing your expectations is like the foundation, right? We right. preach that, right. I do believe that is the foundation, but then to be able to empower your people and even to empower yourself to take ownership in your job. Um, doesn't have to just be a job, um, especially in HR when you're impacting the lives of so many people. Um, whether you're, you know, on, I, I think of um, like manufacturing. If you're in a HR role for manufacturing and you're out there on the shop floor with with your people, and that matters. You are a brand ambassador, and you're making an impact for your employees on how they take in the company and how they perform in their job because of how you're uh, presenting the opportunities or how you're engaging them. And then if uh, more of like a management role where you're advising uh, top leaders or you're advising maybe a board or C-suite, that also is a chance for not just, okay, here are the rules and regulations and this is my job and I'm staying in my box but it's so much more of an impact that you can have um, if you can really kind of push yourself to see, I guess, outside the box for lack of better words. Mm -hmm. I, I, you mentioned talking about from the people perspective, perspective, having to know regulations and things like that. And because you are, your group is a consultant, it's a different level than myself working in a business. You are expected. I mean, you are expected to know where I am. I need to know, but I also have a, somebody else I'm, I'm potentially going to go ask. And because you're a consultant, you guys must know. So, I mean, this is my perception of, you know, being in, in a business, but then also being somebody who is a, a uh, consultant. That's that's what Tara's perspective. Doing? That's Tara's perspective of the people perspective. Right. <laughs> what do you? Right? Yes. Yes. What do you? What is the people perspective? Thank you for pointing it out again. What is the people perspective? How are they staying relevant? How are they keeping up with regulatory pieces? Are you guys doing something different than what myself? would do in order to to make sure you guys are are on top of your game on regulatory pieces that are coming out yeah um i don't i don't know if we're doing anything different than you or anything else Mm -hmm. but we what we do is one we do a lot of research um we stay on top of all of the most reliable 
news sources, legal sources that we have. Um, and then I think what stands us apart is our partnerships in the community. So we have a lot of partnerships in the community that we can get information from. If there is a piece to something that maybe we aren't fully understanding, we have people that we can go to and say, what is your perspective or what is your take or what are you seeing from the seat that you're sitting in? Mm -hmm. And so I think that gives a really interesting and unique perspective of what we can bring to our clients um, because it's not just us doing the research. Um, it's not just, you know, a one mind that is coming with this information, but it's a collective of our community. Um, mm -hmm. And we serve different markets and that matters too, because, you know, what the Tulsa market looks like is different from Oklahoma City. Mm -hmm. um, that can be different from the Texas market. You know, we work in Dallas and, and some outside areas. And so that matters too, um, making sure that we are being, we preach this, that we are customizable and people need that right now. And kind of going back to your point on how can HR be creative? I think this is another way HR has to be creative um, in these tough times with the pandemic it's not a one size fits all um, and things are changing so quickly. And sometimes there's not one right answer and right. that drives people crazy. Yeah. Um, so I think, you know, we have to do the best we can and then we have to get creative on the solutions right. or how do we stay compliant, but then what works for the specific company or your specific employee or whatever right. So I think those are also another way of the, how the two kind of combine right now with creative and um, a, the traditional, more traditional HR. Right. I, I'm, I'm curious. That was a wonderful answer. Uh, can you give me an example, though, of maybe one or two of those resources that you use to get the up legal updates? And then uh, maybe even a story of uh, you've used those resources. You've, you've gone out to those relationships and actually learned you utilize those resources that you have to gain that knowledge yeah absolutely so um for example i will subscribe to certain newsletters or certain sources so one that pops into my mind that does an incredible job mcafee and taft i everyone has heard of them they're local employment law firm um kirk turner i work with him closely on the Terra board and so they are human resources association. <laughs> thank you. Yes. <laughs> thank you. Um, and so they're, they're a great uh, partner and a great resource um, to bring the most up to date. Like, for example, I know they were very timely when they sent out the information yesterday on the Supreme Court's uh, opinions on the there vaccine mandates. So that would just be one example. Um, but other than just legal as well, we've got um, even... Uh, um, partners like in the benefits arena, benefits brokers, we partner with a lot of those and they bring a lot of very interesting and up-to-date perspectives and updates and ideas that I wouldn't think of, but right. they're very closely related in the HR space that it really benefits and uh, helps kind of develop that end-all solution. Right. Right. And, and, you know, I mean, what you were just saying, we just, my group just had a, a conversation with our benefit broker because we're, we are reviewing our 1095s, the ACA information, the 1095s, 1094s. And, you know, we have specific questions and it's, 
we may think that we know, but I am so very thankful that we have a broker that we can go back to and say, please look this up from the compliance standpoint. Please let us know that what we are doing is correct or in the right, you know, right vein of how to handle to approve. I mean, it's, gosh. Yeah. I mean, benefits brokers have been a huge um, help. So I think that would be a tip I have for, um, especially departments of one, HR, partner with your brokers, make sure you have a good one. Um, and then I would be remiss if I didn't say Tara is an amazing resource. Um, Tulsa Area Human Resources Association, they are also up to on, um, they've got a really good pulse of what's happening in the HR community in Tulsa. And so they are always there to support the needs of our HR as well yeah and in case you wondered i have a pulse of, of what's going on too there <laughs> <laughs> <Sarah> does <laughs> so we went down uh talking about really great nuggets of information but i want to come back and talk about that you were the emerging professional you want it for the tulsa area human resources association you want it with oklahoma state um in 2021 what does that mean? Oh, that's, that's big. Um, yeah. I think, so I can kind of talk to a little bit about my background and how okay. I, I came out of college and how I got into the industry. Uh, so I graduated from Oklahoma State uh, with a degree in, yeah, go folks, um, in a degree in human sciences. And so I was a little, um, I didn't know specifically what I wanted to do, right? I wanted to work in business. I wanted to work with people. Um, I had interned uh, with a company that doing HR and I really loved that. Um, but I still, I wasn't sure. And when you start looking at HR jobs out of college, um, you start seeing you need two to three years of experience or you need to be certified and all these barriers to entry for the HR world. And I think that is a huge, I, I think there is a room for improvement there on how to get new professionals into HR, but that could be a whole nother topic. Um, and so when I started looking at and brainstorming ways to get into HR, I found recruiting. Uh, so that was my first job out of school. I was a recruiter and I did recruiting for blue collar work. Uh, that's how I kind of got my foot in the door to start learning about regulations and how to work with people and how they fit together. And that was great experience. I think being a recruiter, it is hard, hard work, uh, but it is so rewarding. I met so many great people, um, both internally at the business I worked for, but then um, the candidates that I worked for. And so that actually led me to start networking. Uh, I needed to know a lot of people, started networking, and I built a relationship with a lot of the candidates that came through. Mm -hmm. Funny story, um, that is actually how I met Christy Spathy was through um, starting to build my network as a recruiter, her and I kind of uh, connected. And at the time she was president of Tara. And so she took me and invited me to a Tara meeting. And mm -hmm. that introduced me to a whole community of HR professionals. And so I think that would be tip one. If you are an emerging professional, get involved in local organizations. Even if you don't have a networking role, like recruiting or something like that, even if you're an HR assistant or an office manager or something like that, go. Go right. to these right. events. 
and just see what's out there. And so that opened my world to a whole new set of opportunities. Um, and then on the board that year, they had a opening for a college relations chair, which was perfect for me right out of school. And so I got plugged into the board pretty quickly. And that was another great way is volunteering. So just jumping in and volunteering for committees or, you know, helping with the registration or being, being an ambassador or whatever it is. Um, I did that through Tara and I also did that through my local chamber of commerce. Mm. Um, we're involved in, in multiple chambers that I'm still involved with. And I, I love chamber work. And so I think that's another way that young professionals can just to not get bogged down in one path or one area, but to really see the whole community for what it is. Um, and, and then getting involved in giving back. Uh, that's so rewarding. That's been rewarding in my career. And I think it's funny if you would have asked if I would have been here when I graduated college, I would say, no way. Right. Um, I kind of just let the path choose me, which sounds very cheesy. Um, but taking the opportunities as they've come. So I, I did recruiting. And then as I built my network, I moved into more of a sales role at that same organization. And that is what gave me my sales experience. Um, and then from there, I actually moved into it. I moved to a different company to do HR generalist work. And so that kind of gave me more tactical HR experience. Um, and again, continuing to just do the professional development pieces, um, sign up for webinars and go to conferences and whatever you can do. Um, and then that led me to actually connecting back with Christy Spathy and um, her telling me about this amazing business that she was building and she had an opening and here I am two years later. Yay you. Yeah, yeah. So I, I, I'm going to say this from my standpoint, but I want to hear yours too. I um, think from recruiting, you somehow get this second sense, sixth sense, whatever sense of connecting people to the right roles. And do you see that um, also then translating into real life of connecting people as, hey, I think you would be great friends with this person, seeing their what makes them match, or hey, Bob, you should go on a date with Sally. I mean, do you think that that translates into, into real life too? That is a great question. Um, I don't think so, <laughs> but that is just me personally. My brain does not work like that. Um, I think I've taken it more on the development side yeah. that I almost believe less in that perfect match, uh -huh. less important than the development once somebody gets there. Yeah. And I believe that personally too, for in a relationship, yeah. like, you know, there's not these two people that are so perfect that they never have to work on their relationship, right? Everyone oh, no. has people have to do that. And so I believe that in work too. Yeah. Um, there's no perfect employee for the perfect company. And it's just, you don't have to work at it, right? I mean, you've got to work at these relationships and develop. Oh, sure. Oh, sure. So I, that is what recruiting has taught me where yeah. 
I match the skill set to the position and I'm like, great, they have the right skill set. Sometimes it didn't work. And it was like, the seemingly perfect position and person, why didn't it work? And it's usually either leadership or development or training or something like that. So I think that's why I'm so passionate about what I do now in consulting is because I feel like it can really make a lasting impact on Mm -hmm. uh, the future when you really invest in in something like that. Yeah. Well, I challenge you to look back on this because I, I, my sister has said to me that I'm a connector of people. So I do see some people who um, like, Hey, you guys would be good running partners or, Hey, I do have somebody that we connected together and, and they're married. And it's like, but I think it translates a little bit into more of connecting people. So when you, when your brain starts looking at that way and you also, and you know, now that you said it, I bet I'll see it everywhere. Uh Now I brought it to my attention. Uh Uh And you talked about chamber work. What draws you to that? That's interesting. I think it's the community aspect of it. Um, And it gets me out of, it makes me think differently. I think people get into a place where they surround themselves with only like-minded individuals. Uh, We surround ourselves with people that remind us of us and Mm -hmm. that do the work that we do. And then that is great for support, but it doesn't push us a lot of the times to think differently or um, push us out of the box. And so I think that's why I love chamber work is because it's people from different walks of life. It's people from different industries. It's people in different positions than me. And so it's fun. It's fun to be able to see what the community does. And uh, it pushes me, I think, to be a better professional too. Yeah. I think that's great to hear. I think that we need to think about that too. I mean, of, of branching out and, and not just being singularly focused of, Hey, I'm only, this is my interest and I'm only going to go look there. This is helping you right. to see some other, other, uh, views. So, uh, switching gears, the, this year's state conference theme is innovate. So we, we went through, Hey, we have resilience. We have all of these things that we've had all of these words, but this year is innovate. So kind of thinking differently and doing curious work. What do you see in your, uh, in your role that organizations are doing to keep people engaged? Ooh, that's a good question. Um, I am seeing our clients and organizations talk to their employees more. sounds simple but it goes such a long way um we have done a lot of survey work so actually asking the employees what do you want um because i i am such an advocate that not everyone is motivated by the same things Mm. and so you know i see companies that will say give everyone a raise right? Just we'll give everyone money or we'll just give everyone bonuses. And that's great. I think being generous is amazing, but some people are not motivated by money. And so being innovative and being creative of the benefits that we offer employees matters, but it matters if you're doing it the way they want to receive it. And so asking 
them, um, asking them what, what motivates them, how, what do you want to see? How do you want to be rewarded? Um, sometimes it's just reckon, um, recognition. I'm not saying that word right, right at all. Um, recognition. That's what I'm trying to say. Um, Um, I think it could save you a lot of money too. Right. I mean, not having to fork over all these, these bonuses or something that people are like, this is great, but I just want you to put my name on a board and tell people I'm doing a good job. Um, so long story short, I think that has made the biggest impact from what I'm seeing of they're doing. So I hear what you're saying and I, I completely 100, really 1000% agree. One hurdle we have right now is we're in COVID and we're still in COVID after two years, we're still in this COVID, you know, somewhat locked down, need to be aware. And, you know, maybe some, some groups are doing this, some groups can't do this. If that's the case of that, we need to have conversations with people. How are we doing that? How are we doing that to make it where it is an impact that we are hearing what people are saying? Yeah, I think it is training your managers, middle management, or your frontline leader um, to continue to communicate to their people. Um, And I know some organizations, they're going to have different organizational structures, right? I know some people don't have a tiered organizational chart anymore. It's more flat. But I think putting putting systems in place in your organization that everyone has a one-on-one conversation with someone. And then that information goes somewhere. It's not just a, well, let's talk about the bad things or let's talk about what's going on. And then nothing happens. I think making sure that those one-on-ones happen with managers, um, um, consistency again, consistent conversations are happening. And then that information goes somewhere right? I see so many people do surveys or they're like, yeah, we have weekly one-on-ones. And then it's like, what'd you do with that information? And they're like, uh, nothing. Right. So I think also showing your people, you're listening. Yeah. Hey, we hear you, even if you don't have the answers right away, right? Because I don't, a lot of times there isn't an immediate fix or there isn't the right answer right away, but showing them Hey, I heard you and things are in the works and this is what, what's going on. I think transparency goes a very long way in this COVID world. Um, being transparent about what is happening, especially when your employees are not seeing the office dynamics. If you're still re- working remote, they can't see that you're putting in all this work because um, you're not there every day. So right. just that communication that goes uh, a lot a lot more than just an email. Right. I, I completely agree. I think it's the hard part of finding that way to then turn around and say, I heard that you want more toilet paper in the restroom. Great. We did it. Here, we're communicating back to you that we did it. We heard yeah. number one, here's the steps we took now see the result. So that's the part that I think misses so many times. We're asking, what do you want? What do you want? What do you want? But then we're not telling them we did it. Yeah, exactly. Or we didn't do it. And this is why we didn't. Do it. Right. Yeah. Great point. Exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah, those are close, 
close to me. I, I understand what you're saying. I think that that's really important. People need to hear that. Um, switching gears again. So I've said this before, but we understand that you have an interest in mental health in the workplace. So where did that come from? And um, what do businesses need to do to make it more accessible for people? Ooh, great question. I could talk about this all day long because I'm very passionate about it. And I think it matters. So my passion for it came back from college. Um, that is my degree was human sciences. And my original path was I wanted to be a marriage and family counselor. And um, I had a huge passion for mental health. And that is what I wanted to do. The reason I switched to wanting to put my energy into the business world is because I feel like everyday people are struggling to get the mental health that they need. Mm -hmm. And if you're not on an extreme scale um, or you're, you don't maybe have ample resources and that is maybe time resources to go see a therapist or money resources to pay for it, you, you don't get the help you need. Mm -hmm. I hear so many people say, well, I'm a little anxious or I'm a little depressed, but I don't need help. I don't, I don't need this. Or so I think, reaching the everyday person that maybe just needs a little help in one season. It's not long-term. It's not a diagnosable uh, mental health disorder. Um, that doesn't lessen the need for other people to get help, um, especially in this COVID world, right? This is a season. It doesn't mean you're going to feel anxious forever or you're going to be experiencing these things forever. But if you need help today, I think businesses should do everything they can to help support their people. And I think that looks a lot of different ways. Um, I do a speaking topic over psychological safety. And so that isn't even about getting someone therapy or resources. That is just about making people feel mentally safe at work. And so I think that is the foundation, um, mm -hmm. making feel like they can come to work and be themselves and if they've had a hard day they can have a hard day and if they're having a great day they can share that they're having a great day and it's safe to ask questions and to push back and to challenge um and that goes back to what we talked about at the very beginning of of this um being in a role that you don't have to just sit at a desk and do your own position right you can push back and um, take ownership in the business to have creative thoughts and ideas. Um, but anyway, that's a rabbit trail. But back to the mental health resources that companies can provide, I think part of it is also getting rid of the stigma. Uh, there is a negative stigma to get help. And I think the first thing an employer could do is to look at an EAP. Um, and that is an employee assistance program. And I know HR professionals is, have heard that term, but maybe they spend the time to look into it. Um, that is a way that maybe you could reach out to your broker and partner with them. And they would have an answer on how you can get that into your organization. Mm -hmm. But an EAP gives employees discounts or sometimes even free mental health resources for them and their families. And that includes therapy um, and, and other things too. I've had some EAPs that even help with physical therapy 
or um, occupational therapy, different things that can help quality of life. Um, because the old way of thinking is people didn't bring their whole selves to work. There was home was home and work was work. And that is not the case anymore, especially with people working remotely, working at home, that work is home and home is work. And that takes a toll on people's mental health and we have to do something about it. I, uh, our group, we have, and a lot of times you talk about um, talking with your broker about EAPs. Sometimes an EAP is tied onto your life insurance. If you offer basic life insurance, it's automatically tied on there. It's part of your part of your plan and or and or purchasing an EAP the EAPs have so many different resources it is not only about here's mental health they have trainings on financial planning they have what to do if you need to find a place a pet sitter you know yeah. you you need somebody to come you know take care of your pet you're going on vacation um there are so many different pieces and and they provide so many different services and obviously it's whatever businesses choose to to purchase but um or or not or if within their plan but there are so many like ours you know we we could if the plan that we have we could call for hr services we could call if we were a, a business of one we could call and ask for hr advice so there are so many if you are interested in EAPs, go research it. There are plenty out there and the, and what they provide is amazing. Yes. On, on also talking about psychological safety or, and where I want to go is talking about being anxious. And what I think some people don't necessarily take into consideration what, what happens to people's brains when they're stressed. Do you want to talk about that? Because it, it, when you're stressed, you could, you're, it's kind of like your brain is so full that you can't remember things that happened, you know, in your, you know, a week ago or something. And so those are things I think that we need to be aware of in the business, in businesses of being conscientious of our, our coworkers, our partners, what's going on with them. Do you want to talk about that? Absolutely. Yes. I think that is, I don't know the right words to say it, but it, it impacts performance, right? That's what you're yes. saying. If you are in a place of stress, anxiety, depression, or just worry, just worrying about you don't know what's coming next, that impacts performance. Yes. And um, whether it is short-term or long-term, that has effects on your brain. And I don't have the statistics right in front of me, but I have a lot of them um, that I could share later. But anyway, um, I think giving the resources, kind of like what you were saying about EAP, it's so much more than just mental health, which I think when we say mental health, people immediately think therapy, right? Mm -hmm. That it's got, oh, I've got to go to therapy or I've got to get on meds or whatever that looks like. But there are other ways to support mental health than just those things. So providing um, things like activity incentives, like giving them a discount to go to the gym or helping pay for a gym membership or um, encouraging, okay, on your lunch, get outside or mm -hmm. buying, you know, purchasing in lunch and having like a picnic. Because with COVID, if you can spread out outside and get fresh air. Mm -hmm. Or things like 
helping even get them connected with childcare needs. That is a big stressor right now is I know like for Broken Arrow today, they just went virtual uh, with COVID. And so like that, that, okay, you get the news that your kid's virtual again, that then you start thinking, right? Well, what am I going to do with them? And how am I going to do it? And and then your whole day is not productive because you're thinking about your child. And being a very attentive and aware employer that those are things impacting the brain power of your employees. You know, employers are saying, well, they'll deal with it. We've got the business to run, but it impacts the bottom line of the business when your employees can't be present or productive because they're just worried about the basic necessities of taking care of themselves and their families. Right. Um, And so it really is in the best impact of, I know I I hear a lot of or HR professionals saying, I don't know how to get my C-suite or I don't know how to get executives to hear that that's important. Talking about the bottom line could get their attention. Not that all C-suite and executives, they don't care about their people. They just care about money. I'm not saying that, but that is part of being at work, right? We're here to make money. We're here to help the business grow. And so how can you um, kind of have a, a symbiotic relationship where it's helping the business and your people? Right. That's start to move the needle. Right, right. You, so you are tra- training in front of people a lot of your job, right? Right. How were you, did you do that before you started working with people perspective and how did you become comfortable doing it? Yes. Um, <laughs> your, your breath just went, whoa. <laughs> there, there wasn't really a path. So I don't really know how to speak to it. It was one of those things that uh, my first job when I was recruiting, uh, we started getting clients that asked, do you do training? Um, can you help onboard our employees and train like big numbers of them? We were hiring like large amount of manufacturer workers at one time. Can you train them? Can you onboard them? And then it was talking about compliance. Hey, we haven't done harassment discrimination training. Do you guys do that? And we would just say yes. And then I would go do it. And (laughs) I just kind of got thrown in. And I really love the interaction that I have with the employees. Um, And so that, I don't know, like I said, there wasn't really a path. I just, I started doing it. I like talking in front of people that I can bring real impactful information to. Mm-hmm. And what I the most is when you walk into a room and you say you're talking about harassment and people roll their eyes because they're like, this is the most boring hour of my whole life. And then you get that aha moment from them or you get the interaction and they walk out of the room being like, oh, that wasn't so bad. Or yeah. I did something. Um, that is what matters. Do you have a, when you're doing some training on something like that, where they think it's going to be boring and they've heard it all before, do you have something that just reels them in that you just say, here is this dump story that scares somebody or that? Um, I think the, the big shockers, like telling the story, telling stories matter. And I learned that from Christy. She is the best storyteller in her trainings that she does. And so watching her, I have learned a lot. And I think I would 
say to emerging professionals, if you want to do something, get a mentor and then watch them do it. Because just hearing Christy speak and watching other speakers as well, going to those conferences and going to Tara meetings, I've watched other speakers and I'm like, oh, that drug me in, that could draw other people in. Mm -hmm. But things like telling stories, for example, I'll tell a story, for example, I was doing com- or, um, uh, training on sensitivity in the workplace. And I told, I was giving examples and I said, it was a sentence and it said, Alex is an Asian American and all of his employees or all of his coworkers ask him math questions because they think he should know the answers. And so the question was, what's wrong with this sentence? And we were talking about stereotypes. And someone in the audience said, well, if he's Asian, his name probably wouldn't be Alex. And that was, I think that was the biggest shock that I still have had in my career, that that was a real employee here in Tulsa working at a business who had that mindset. And so that gives me fire to do what I do every day because I want to educate people that that's not the case and let's talk about it right let's right. talk about think that and these biases that can come from um their their home life and how they grew up and then getting them we had a great discussion after he said that and i'm thankful as um as you know incorrect as that statement was and how shocked i was i was glad that he was in a place that he could tell me his honest thoughts because then we could talk about it and say, let's talk about why you think that and why it's not right and what the real stereotype is and then how we can overcome that and respect the people we work with every day. So that I think is what I love about training. Right. Did you just hear my husband sneezing in the background? (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. I, thank you for sharing that story. I, I, I would love to sit, I, those, those types of situations, I will love to sit in and just, and hear, you know, where did you, where did this come from? Or, you know, how can we help change that, that mindset? And this is, there are differences and there's a different way to look at it. I, yeah. Without starting a fight, right. I don't, I always at it without I anyone on the defense or make them feel stupid or wrong. Mm-hmm. It mm-hmm. is a conversation to get people to think think differently and mm-hmm. to think yourself in other people's shoes. And that is for mental health as well. People have towards mental health and about um, everything that we're going through right in the last two years with. Um, the the political divide and the racial injustice, mental health, COVID, all of those are dividing subjects mm-hmm. and all of those we talk about in our training. We're mm-hmm. not scared away to talk about those things because we can do it in a way that it's a dialogue and not a, um, a defense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. What's your favorite, you can't make this up, HR story you have and want to share? <laughs> oh, I think 
the story I just told was like so shocking to me. So that is one of them where I was like, did that, did he really just say that? Um, oh, that's, that's a tough one. Um, let me think, let me think, ask me another question. And if it pops into my head, I'll, I'll, I'll share. What's great about being Brittany? Oh gosh. I don't, I don't know. I think my, I can talk about my favorite thing that I do the favorite part about not just my job, but how I can even live my life with my family is that no day is the same. Um, mm -hmm. I love mixing it up and I love getting to explore and not know what the next day is holding. Uh, so I think that I have the type of personality that I'm okay with that. I don't, I don't mind change and I don't mind um, getting out of my comfort zone. So that makes what I get to do every day really fun because you just take what comes. Yeah. Yeah. I love that being open and, and um, ready to, to take on something new. And that obviously allows for change. So well done. Yes. Well, we have talked for almost an hour. That was a fast hour, I felt like. I know. I know. <laughs> That's what I love about having these conversations. Whenever we start to wrap them up, I'm like, we've talked for an hour. People are like, we have. We sure have. So we always end um, asking a few quick questions. And don't think about them. We didn't give you these before. But in the past 12 months, what has been a revelation to you about yourself? I think the ability, kind of what I just said, ability to pivot, which I hate that word because it's so overused, but <laughs> to pivot quickly um, and uh, the connections that I've made through just being vulnerable on where we're at as people right now. Yeah, I, I agree. So what mantra do you use for yourself and that you like to share with others? I don't know if this is a mantra, but something I say to myself often is today, the day, today is the day the Lord has made. So let's be happy and rejoice in it. And I try to be as grateful as I can. It is very hard some days more than others, but, um, just, I am a person of faith. And so being able to, have my relationship with the Lord and remind myself that he has made this day and he has given me these opportunities. And so I'm, I'm going to be grateful. Yeah. I I'm going back to camp songs and, and started singing that song in my head. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, copying from Brene Brown's podcast. What do most people get wrong about you? Oh, I, <laughs> So sometimes I have been accused of um, RBF, which everyone knows what RBF is. Um, and I, I get in the zone sometimes. And when I'm working, I am very focused. And so sometimes I think people don't think I can like loosen up and have fun. Um, but I can, I can be fun. So I, I think people would get that wrong about me sometimes. I would, I would like to suggest to you that you, uh, reclaim RBF and to change it to what I think you are, which is radiant, bright, and friendly. Oh, I love that. There you go. <laughs>
Well done. Well to, well to create that circle, Rob. Good one. Uh, what recent TV show have you been obsessed with? We've been watching Modern Family. Oh. I like it. It's 30 minutes. It's funny. It's relatable. I, I like that. And what book or podcast do you tell people are, is a must read or must listen to? Oh, I think you, Brene Brown is amazing. And I wish I had like, like a new cutting edge podcaster book, but Brene Brown's the best. If you haven't read her, any of her books, I think that they're amazing. I also, I did read um, Michelle Obama's book and I thought that was really amazing. And so I do re if you haven't read her book, I, I would suggest reading hers because it was really good. What's the takeaway from it? I took away just being, I think being a new working mom, I took away how can you be a strong working woman and a mom and feel good about both. Um, mom guilt is real and um, I still am working through it and struggling with it, but her book, you know, she, I just think she is so classy, no matter what your political beliefs are. I don't think it matters. I think everyone can look at her and be like, she exudes so much grace and she's a mom and working and has her own career and supports her husband. And so mm -hmm. I just took a lot away from that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thanks for sharing that. So how can people connect with you? I am very available. Um, I am on social media through the people perspective, LinkedIn and uh, Facebook. I have my own LinkedIn, obviously. Um, so you can connect on LinkedIn um, my email and my phone number, uh, my office phone is pretty much out there everywhere. So any of okay. those okay. or catch me at local, like I go to Bixby chamber, broken arrow chamber, Tulsa chamber, Tara. I'm just out and about. Okay. So, but it's Brittany Courier, C-U-R-R-I-E-R, -R -E correct? Yes, ma'am. Okay. Well, this has been fun. Thanks for yeah. doing this early. And I think I woke up, got a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> we had a stall start. <laughs> Maybe we can start these all at the morning. It's a great way to start the day. Oh, I know. Thank you so much for having me. It's been really fun. Yeah, we appreciate it. Thank you so much for doing this. And I think there's a lots of takeaways in this. So thanks for talking about mental health, EAPs psychological safety, being involved in your chamber, as well as volunteering. And then we have superstar emerging professional. Yeah. Lots of ground covered. So, yes. All right. Well, until next time, thank you so much. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Bye.